Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the mechanical keyboard community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23, awesome caps at great prices. Kiwio, the place for split keyboards. And DIY keyboards, get cracking. Happy New Year, Kevin. Yeah, I guess this is our new, our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year. I've been writing. I've been writing eighteen at the end of all my dates for the past four days. Happy New Year! <laughs> yes, yeah, I have been. I guess old habits, huh? Uh, how are you feeling this week? Um, last so last week. Let me see. Was it last week? Yes, last week I had a long weekend and I went to Laos. Um, it was my first time going to Laos. It was really fun, though. I went to this, like, really relaxing, chill city. I guess that's, like, that's probably the best way to describe it. But I had a great time. And, but I, unfortunately, I came down with this crazy cold. And it's, I still have it. You can probably even hear it in my voice still. And I'm probably going to be coughing a little bit. But I, it's almost better it's like every day it's like oh it's almost gone and then i wake up the next day and i'm like hey it's back with so essentially what you're saying is your trip was really lousy uh, okay i've already heard like so many <laughs> <laughs> i'm in a lousy mood uh. <laughs> i've already oh, heard you know, that yeah. one dawn can't help it it's it's part of my heritage now being a dad so <laughs> At least I'm qualified for it. If other people have been giving you that, they might not be. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> other than that, uh, been been a good New Year itself so far. Um, yeah, I had a short work week, so uh, yeah, I'm finally I'm on the weekend now. It's a little bit cloudy weather, but I like it. I like the I like the change and. I, I've been working on a lot of keyboard projects for the past two weeks, so yeah, I actually have a lot of updates on that, <laughs> a lot of new stuff I bought, and I bought more stuff too. That that uh, disposable income that you have is really burning a hole in your pocket, isn't it? No, it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, by the way, that uh, the weather here in Sydney has been pretty bad today. We've we've sort of hit the high 30s early today, and then this massive thunderstorm rolled through. Uh, we had a lot of lightning, had a lot of thunder, actually had a, a brownout here in my apartment. Uh, so my microwave and that's oven when you, and my computer and That's everything. when you drink too much, but you, you only remember part of the night. <laughs> Not quite, but very similar computer and electrically wise. So while the storm seems to have passed, it's still really hot and humid. Uh, so I am bearing with it because I've got the window closed. I've got the fans off. I don't have the AC on. The door's closed, so the, the fan outside is probably not as, as audible. But if it gets too unbearable in here and I do turn on a fan, I do apologize for the extra background noise. And second of all, if the storm revives itself um, and, and I have another power event, uh, well, I do apologize for that as well, but not much I can do about that. I don't control the weather yet. So, now, Kevin and I were just talking before we started the recording this week that it's actually been a, a pretty lackluster week. And you know what? It, you can kind of expect that. It's it's the start of a new year. People are still potentially on holidays. They're just getting back in the swing of things. They probably spent all their money over Christmas or leading up to Christmas or drinking themselves silly during New Year's. So, you know, for me, when I was going through this week's topics, I noticed there was a lot of asking about new keyboards questions as, as normal. There was obviously the, the usual, I got this artisan, I got this keyboard, I got this key set, look how pretty it is. Yeah, I saw somebody spilt a milkshake on their keyboard. <laughs> so it's, it's another standard week as far as most things go. Uh, but... We, we have a couple of things here, and, and there's a little bit of... I wouldn't even call it popcorn. Maybe we'll just call it, you know, corn kernels here. 
that kind of rolled through in the last week. And as Kevin said, you know, he's done a lot of things this last two weeks on keyboards. And in this last week for me, I've actually been doing a lot of things on keyboards. So we've still got plenty of things to, to chat about. Um, so where do you think we should start for this week? Um, you should pick the first thing. That sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, so last week I talked about what I got for Christmas Secret Santa, which was a minivan courtesy of Evan from the band Keyboards. And I had decided that I would reflash it to suit my use case and I would take it to work to use for the keyboard instead of using a laptop keyboard when I go roaming around with my laptop for work. 40% and me, traditionally, I haven't had a great time with them. You know, I've got a Vortex Core and I, you know, I reviewed it. I tried it a little bit, but I didn't really dedicate a lot of time to it because I didn't have a need for it. I wasn't using a laptop at that time. But now that I have a, a work-issued laptop and it's replaced my desktop and my role change at work, I actually put a bit of time using the minivan and I can say I really like these new switches that are in it. Now, this is really a teaser because I actually don't have a lot of information and Evan told me on our Slack group that the switches he provided me as part of that Secret Santa are actually modified kale purple switches. So they're actually especially changed for the band keyboards. And they're actually really nice. Uh, they're tactiles and they've got a good weight on them. I don't actually know what the spring weight is on them, but I'm not bottoming out very hard on them. I I think they're tactiles. They might be linears, but it's a very subtle bump if it is a tactile. But um, I can actually type very effectively. It's just getting used to using two and three layers to get my punctuation. But it, I have been able to do it. The only thing that's killing me is the punctuation for um, quotation marks because that naturally for me is like where the enter key is on the minivan. So I'm typing away, having conversations with people on like communicator and stuff. And I keep breaking my sentences every time I do the apostrophe <laughs> because I'm hitting the enter. <laughs> so it's like, if I type don't, it says Don enter and then T on the next line. And every time I do it, I'm like, ah, oh, because I can't go back and retract that previous message and edit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but I am getting better. I am getting better at it. But what I can say is, for somebody like me at my age, you know, old dog, new tricks comes pretty hard for me, for most things, especially muscle memory. Probably about five hours in was when I was able to catch myself from not hitting the enter key and going, okay, I need to switch layers, layer switch like a hold down layer switch to, you know, layer two button and another key. So I, I just want to give, um, I suppose, confidence to anybody out there who is kind of like me and really doesn't want to work with layers. It's not impossible. You can, you can persevere through it. It's just having the sheer willpower to not pick up a lovely custom keyboard and throw it out the window because you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. So um, I am sticking with it. The The actual minivan is at work. I've left it at work because I don't want to be bringing it back and forth and, and work is pretty secure. So I'm hoping to have more opportunities to use it and get more accustomed to playing with layers as well. So, so that was just a little update on my experience with the minivan because uh, Outrage Pudding asked me to sort of just mention that a little bit. Now, the other things that have happened for me this week, I don't know if you've seen any of my uh, posts about the trade station and, and Umbrero, Kevin, have you? I saw the completed spaced out macro pad thing. I saw pictures of that. Yeah, okay. So, so that's the trade station, and that is a macro pad that was, I'd say commissioned is probably the best way of describing it, from a work colleague of mine who you wants to use it for uh, foreign exchange market trading. So it's got these big two U buttons for him to open and close buys, um, purchases, and it's got eight other keys on top for other functions within his software. And I put it together, you know, I key mapped it, 
well, actually, I didn't key map it, but I'll talk about that as a separate issue. I soldered the switches, got the Pro Micro on, put it together, took some pictures and posted it on Reddit. And actually, it got a lot of uh, upvotes, which is always nice. But more so, there was a lot of positive feedback because people were saying having a macro pad for market trading is really important because even if it takes you a second to do Control S, that's probably longer than just hitting a single button, which is macro pad for Control S. And seconds when you're making purchases, if you're trading in a fast moving market, is a big deal. Um, and also the spacing means that you don't actually accidentally hit the wrong key, uh, especially because if they're side by side and you fat finger something, that could cost you a lot of money as well. So so that was, that was really great. The Numbrero, which was a numpad with extra macro keys that I talked about previously for Taylor and his work colleagues, <clears throat> he's actually done a production run for those and uh, hopefully he'll be able to get one built and test it and make sure that it's all well and good and then they can start building kits for, for their work people. And probably the most exciting out of my three keyboard projects this week is that the down bubble PCB is in transit. So over the last week, I kind of made sure I was happy with everything at the prototype stage and I hit that purchase button. Oh, it was a lot of money to commit for five PCBs and <laughs> I'm expecting it to arrive on Monday. So that'll how, be really How much exciting. was it? It was like 80 bucks. US for five PCBs including so is that is that because it's really big or complicated no it's because it's big it's because it's a full-size keyboard PCB and so if you like if you did one thing wrong all of it could not work uh yes uh, but unlikely oh uh, confidence big man over here <laughs> <laughs> that's why it took me so long because I was like I ran all the design checks on it, the design reviews in KiCad, you know, anything that I had concerns about, I asked. You know, I asked Danny from Kibio, hey, man, like, is am I getting this right? Is this going to be a problem? This, that, and the other. But look, even if the PCB stuffs up, right, what it can do for me is confirm the layout. Because right now, I've got a 3D printed version, okay? But with the PCB, I can still mount switches in it and the matrix should be fine. I'm pretty confident that the matrix is fine. It's just about the controller. And you can still complete the rest of that with a hand wire scenario if you need to. Um, but we'll see on Monday whether I, I laugh or cry. <laughs> but that, that leads me on to the other things that I've been doing this week, which has been my adventures in QMK and GitHub. Now... Kevin, how many things have you programmed in QMK? I'm basically like a computer programmer for QMK at this point, Don. Okay. So I've so, programmed a chalkpad. <laughs> so how did you program that chalkpad? I complained for like three weeks and then I spent like 30 minutes trying to do it. <laughs> and then what did you do? Um, then I, I didn't really use it. What? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I got it to work, but I, I, compl I complained a lot. <laughs> so, so QMK, right? If if you're kind of new to this keyboard scene or to custom keyboards, QMK is Quantum Mechanical Keyboard. It is a branch of TMK. Um, I can't remember what the T stands for, but it was a a a different. A variation on programming C to produce keyboard outputs and matrices. QMK is probably the most familiar for me to do any of my custom macro stuff because I used to use KB Firmware's website. Now KB Firmware works perfectly fine from a very basic point of view, but if you want to get into some very complicated things, QMK has gone leaps and bounds past KB Firmware. It's it's two years of development on top of what KB Firmware's static build is. And the problem with KB Firmware is the compiler in the back end is broken. So it doesn't even compile you the hex files anymore. The best you can do now is to generate a zip file and compile it locally on your own machine to be able to generate the hex file. Now QMK is massively supported by a huge community. Like there's over a thousand people in the Discord alone 
for QMK. And there's like four, 400 keyboards or layouts that are already in the configuration tool online that's available. So more and more custom keyboards and designs and PCBs are being put into QMK by creators and designers. And so I embarked this week on a very frustrating journey to get the Snagpad, which was the PCB that I built, designed for the Sydney meetup in 2018, as well as the TradeStation and the Numbrero into the QMK repository on GitHub, as well as being able to make it available for the configurator tool. So anybody who now in the future gets a Snagpad, a Numbrero or a TradeStation can go to that configuration tool and generate hex files very quickly and very easily. So, so that was my intent. And wow, if you're not a software person, I can tell you right now, there are so many pitfalls in using GitHub, like traps for new players is the way to best describe it. But I want to say a massive thank you and shout out to Mech Merlin, to No Roads Left, and Dreshner, Destroyer of EPROMs, because those three people babysat me, guided me, spoon-fed me everything that I had to do to get my PCBs working in QMK and the repository and GitHub. Those guys, girls, I don't know, whatever gender attack choppers that they identify with are amazing. Okay, absolutely amazing. Mac My Merlin, first... I can attest. I've met him in real life <laughs> well, multiple times. No, but <laughs> I can attest that he is a great attack helicopter. He he is a wizard of an attack helicopter. Okay, <laughs> absolute, and I mean that's why his name's Mac Merlin. Like he's he's a wizard of mechanical keyboards. Uh, but so just to give you an example, right? So in in Git, because I'm I'm very new to this, like you you write software and code, and then you commit it to like a master, and then if you want to fork it into like a deviation of that, you can get branches, and you can do these pull requests where you say, well, I want to pull the changes from this deviation into this branch line to form a new branch. Um, new conf- I'm confused. I I was confused like the 30 seconds ago. <laughs> anyway, right? So when you when you make this request for change cuz these guys are reviewing code, right, to program keyboards and they tell you suggestions and they go, "No, that's wrong. You need to change it so it's this or you're missing a comma here or this is better to do it this way and and all this kind of stuff, right? And this is what I'm talking about the babysitting. It took 63 changes to get those QMK things in i I was like i would have given up days it took three days i did like a chunk of it i went to bed i went to work and then they reviewed it and gave more comments i came home i did another chunk of it because they're like you know in different time zones and stuff right and it finally got all done and dusted sorted today it took three days to get those three things and because i'd done goofed and instead of doing them as a separate um, pull requests, like doing each one by one, I accidentally merged all of those three QMK software programming sets into one transaction. And they were like, yeah, no, like, don't do that, please. Next time, do this. <laughs> so so that that was a real eye-opener. And, and I have a lot of respect for the guys who do very complicated stuff in QMK and make our really pretty expensive high-end custom keyboards run smoothly now before i wrap up on that though macmillan did ask me as a way of saying thanks to those guys for helping me out to of course give them a shout out in donating and and this is really important now i'll have a link in the notes hopefully if i remember that qmk is community driven the server that hosts the qmk documentation as well as the server that hosts the compiler and the configurator tool and all that kind of stuff is all paid for by donations and profits from like the QMK team that contribute. So if you enjoy using QMK and playing around with key maps and layouts and all that kind of stuff and you got a couple of bucks to spare, please 
head over there and make a donation because it helps the entire community maintain and keep QMK running so that we can do what we do with our keyboards. Radio. So um yeah, that that's like my week in keyboards to to steal Huey's phrase. How about yours? Tell us about your 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 purchases in and what you've been playing around with with your local projects. Well, interesting you asked that, Don. Um I have I actually I have a list of all the things incoming, but I I got a YMDK 75% acrylic keyboard kit. So this is um this is one from AliExpress that it comes with a 75% PCB a a I guess it, I don't even know if it's acrylic or polycarbonate but it is it's a CNC plastic case. Oh, it's so going to be like acrylic most likely. If it's polycarb that would be really expensive. Yeah, that makes sense. It's probably cheaper. So, so it's it's a CNC flat case, and then it comes with angling feet, a plate, and a PCB. And so I actually, and then I like a week later, which hasn't arrived yet, I ordered an extra PCB because my new level project is a seventy five percent, and I needed the PCB. But so that kit arrived, but the new PCB hasn't. So I hijacked that PCB <laughs> for my new level project, and I built that. But before I get into the level project, I want to say that the YMDK case, it's it's really nice. I, re- I really like it. It's um it's it's yeah, it's it's really clean, it's super low profile. The Is only pro- low profile is your level. No, it's a, I think it's a little bit higher. It's hard to measure it properly because um for my level it's very obvious how where the switches mount, but for this, the PCB will sit on top of little standoffs in the case so and i don't have my calipers at my apartment so i i can't measure it but it's pretty it's pretty similar it's like nearly as as low profile as you can get it's really cheap it's like 68 dollars uh and it has rgb leds and it comes with either a 7u or 6.2 6.25 u stabilizer set it's i like I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed and the guy from YMDK his name's Vincent he's like super super helpful uh he responds very quickly and he's very nice about uh, helping you get exactly what you want so I guess sh- a mini shout out to them but so so that that kit I'm actually planning on building that as a PCB mount it comes it also comes with an aluminum plate but I really hate plate mounting if the plate isn't secured onto the case too so i'm I'm not gonna do that i I, i've been talking about this in our slack a lot for the past like three weeks but (laughs) i'm just gonna forget that plate and just do a pcb mount with maybe linears and see what it feels like but that's that's to come in the future uh i also got an extra desoldering pump because i love them so much um I have paintbrushes. Combine them all into one shipping package or something? No, these are all like the way AliExpress works is I, I get free shipping on like almost everything on the site because it's all coming from China. So I I just order them separately. But most of the time they're like they're packed in like mailers or like really like small yeah. envelopes or super small boxes. Does it, does it come quickly for you? Because we've purchased stuff from AliExpress and it takes freaking weeks to get here. Anywhere from like th- five days to 20 days. Right, so, so it's yeah, about the same. Yeah, it can take up to like 60 days, it says. But I I think the longest I've had something take is 20 days. and I, But I'm I'm okay with waiting uh, because the prices are really competitive. And I got a Dremel tool, which I'll talk about later, the reason for that. Uh, I also got some Enjoy PBT screw-in stabilizers which and some nylon screws for it, which I'll be providing my feedback on. Yeah, and I got I got a bunch of springs because I've been messing around with different spring weights. But so the, the main project going on this week for me is I had a level 3 and level four prototypes made 
and they finally arrived to me. So the, the level three is, it's an integrated plate with, you can either choose an angled bottom or a flat bottom. And so you can either have your keyboard f sit flat or at a set angle for the keyboard. And I finally built that prototype and everything's working. Now, I also did a level four design, which is, it's the same as a level, as the original level V1s except the plate covers the entire top of the keyboard. And uh, I was intending on using plastic materials for the plates. And this is for people who want a heavy keyboard, but want an acrylic or plastic plate for it, which is something that maybe I'm the only person in the world who likes. <laughs> I'm sure there's more people out there that are not willing to come forward about it. <laughs> yeah so but the the problem i made with that is so i made these levels like uh, my goal was to make them as low profile to the table as possible so i figured out that the most reasonable height for that is 12 millimeters so you have the 1.5 millimeter plate and then you have the bottom the bottom of the of the keyboard i have selected as having two millimeters i guess you could do 1.5 for that or maybe less or maybe more. That's more personal preference, but I was comfortable with two millimeters. And so then the, the, the inside of that, the remaining is uh, two plus 1.5, 8.5. Yeah, 8.5. So that remaining 8.5 millimeters is for the USB mount. However, on the level, on the level V3, I cut into the bottom pieces, like the, the flat bottom, I cut out where the USB mounts, and f this is really hard to explain actually without um, pictures, but I didn't give enough space for the USB mount on the level V4s. The level V3s I did, but I didn't think I actually needed it for the V4s, and so I didn't, and it turns out I need it. So long story short, I bought a Dremel, <laughs> and I'm going to just <laughs> cut it out for fun because... The level V4 prototypes were from a new supplier, which has really low pricing. So I mostly just ordered to see what they would look like <laughs> and just <laughs> try it out. And they turned out pretty decent, but the because of my mistake, they're, they're, they won't really function unless I take a Dremel to it. So I'm going to be cutting, the, I think the length is 30, 30 millimeters by... 20 millimeters by two millimeters. So that's the amount of material I'm going to have to Dremel out. 30 mil. That's huge. 30. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I know, Don. I know I was off. <laughs> what the heck is 30 millimeters long? The USB connector is definitely not 30 millimeters. Um, yeah, the USB, con but the, the, the distance, which... Let me flip this over so I can... Try to explain that. The so the 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 USB mount in my designs is like kind of within the case a little bit. Right. So the actual so, plugging in so to go is deep set. So, yeah. So to go from the outside of the case to the like the beginning of the USB mount is like I don't know ten millimeters, right. and then it's another. It's another, like the USB mount is maybe another five to 10 millimeters. And then um, the rest was just like a safety precaution for me. But yeah, and it like you, you could probably get away with 25 millimeters. For the level V3s, I actually measured it. And so it actually fits in properly. But for the V4s, I kind of forgot. <laughs> so those didn't get the same treatment. Now, for those who might not actually be familiar with what a Dremel is, especially in some countries where it might not be uh, a normal product, it's basically a rotary tool. It's just something that has a, a spindle and you put different attachments on it and it spins at speed and you can put cutting discs and grinding discs or sanding and buffing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought I'd just throw that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I didn't order an actual Dremel brand tool. I ordered an off-brand one. Yeah. I actually got given a Dremel for Christmas or my birthday. I can't remember. Like back in, oh, would have been 2000 and 
I still, I still have it. It's actually at my in-laws because my brother-in-law uses it to make cosplay costumes now these days more than, than I do anything with it. But they're pretty reliable. Probably need to change the carbon brushes on it at some point because it's starting to wear. So, very good quality things. Okay, so, now you spoke about the, the level 3 and level 4. Why did you choose to jump straight to a next revision before the level 3 had even you know, gone through its paces? Oh, that's a great question. Somebody said that I was copying my own design and ripping off my own design. Um, yeah, that's what I was exactly what I was doing. But um, I don't know. I thought that it would be interesting. I don't know. So I, I kind of realized as I was developing the level V3 project that the integrated plate idea isn't that interesting to me in the end. Like, functionally, it's not. But conceptually it is so so i think it's an interesting and compelling product but i don't actually like it that much i don't think <laughs> so i decided to just go ahead and make one that i think i think i would like which is why i did that whole thing with the uh with the acrylic or plastic plates on top of an aluminum case right 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 okay so are you going to actually offer both versions in some capacity coming up? Um, yeah, I might. I might like tease them and depending on which ones seem to have more interest. But just judging from my experience, I feel like nobody is going to want the the acrylic plate one except me. So that's why I d I'm not really planning on doing that much with that. But you can just convert that into a non-acrylic plate, though, right? Yeah, I... You just I don't, cut that from a different material. I get that, but I don't think it will work very good because uh, the, the plate is going to... Like, the plate right now sits at the edge of the aluminum, and so, like, if you have an aluminum plate on top of an aluminum case, I, f I feel like without and it, it doesn't have any sort of like hmm I, it, it's just like exactly on top of it so you're just gonna have a bunch of like sharp edges on top of each other <laughs> and then if you decide to like chamfer those or fill fill it those then you're just gonna have like a like a two like u shapes like it's, it won't be like good looking at all because it'll be on top of the keyboard and the edge will just have like four four different angles to it i i think it will look horrible <laughs> i don't think anybody's gonna want it oh dear so my my goal was just to make the level v v4 like exactly what i wanted and then i don't know if somebody wanted it i could probably just make them one or i or i might make 10 i actually i have so the level v3 another distinction is the level v3 is a 75 percent and originally I had planned on making it as a 65%, but I accidentally used the 75% case file. And then when I was done with the design, I really didn't want to redo it all. <laughs> so I just kept it as a 75% because this had been like a design that I spent like at least 15 hours on. And I really didn't want to mess anything or mess, mess around with it at all. So... Uh, yeah, so it ended up being a 75%, but I had wanted to do a 75% design for a while, but the problem is that I have nine more PCBs that are 65% remaining that I want right. to get a use out of. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I'll make nine more. I'll make actually, so I, I got two of the level V4s that are defective, but assuming I can salvage both of those, then I have eight more 65% PCBs, which... Maybe I'll just get eight. I'll I'll just get eight level V fours and sell them as like one offs. Well, I mean, why not? You can use your 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 rotary tool with an engraving bit, and you can engrave a, a number inside them. Because hey, as a one off collectible, it's never going to come back again, right? You could sign it and everything. It's like yeah. numbered mirrors and stuff like that. And I I would want to get like uh, I would have them anodized and do an acrylic plate for them. And they would be super cheap. Well, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if there's people out there who have a thing for aluminum cases, acrylic plates, you know where to find me. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we're finally not alone. I'm sure there's somebody. It's just about finding them and connecting them. That red string of fate will be twirling around your pinkies very shortly. Spread the word. Spread the word for Gavin. Right, well... That, that's pretty cool. Is there anything else that you've been working on this week then? Or shall we move on to the very few topics that we would uh, throw around this week? Um, I So I, I have been getting really into Switches recently. Mm -hmm. And trying to relook at Switches that I like. And I ordered Oet Moose Skies. I ordered Hako Violets. And I got Zelios. Hmm. Yeah, I think those are the three tactical. They're tac tactile. <laughs> tactical switches. <laughs> uh, and as so, yeah. I, so I finally got all three of those, and it was really funny because I know I haven't been the biggest fan of Zelios, but they feel the best out of all the switches that I listed. I think that the Oetmus guys are really scratchy. I'm. I haven't lubed them, but I just I don't really like them they're very tactile so they feel pretty similar to mx clears and they're cheaper so that's one thing to look at but yeah I, I i don't really i'm not into them and the top seems super wobbly compared to any other switches i have which i know that it was noted in like the heroin bb notes that they're like extra wobbly for on purpose for some reason but I don't really, that doesn't appeal to me. And the Hako Violets, they're kind of hard to, they're supposed to be 55 gram bottom out, which is probably true, but they're kind of hard to press. Like they feel super heavy because they're so tactile, man. Like, I don't know. That's probably what they would say if they heard me talking about them. But yeah, they're really tactile and they're kind of heavy feeling. So I don't, I don't think they're right for me. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, shall we uh, roll on? Let's do it. All right. So let's let's talk about a little bit of kerneling, shall we? So our favorite keyboard distribution company had a fantastic week this uh, this New Year's and generated an absolutely amazingly fantastic new meme. Can you tell me about this new meme for 2019? Um, yeah, it's the mass drop. Uh, the, so, so they had like a, they were, they did a buy. I think it was from KBD fans. No. It was like, what, who was, who was? It's from uh, Tianyu Labs. Okay. Yeah. So they, they made a switch. I guess they're called switch openers, switch the top switch opener. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're one of those, like those little things that kind of you, you put like you push the switch down and then it will pop the top off. So it makes taking apart switches for maintenance and modification purposes easier. And they basically in the picture, they basically showed it as like a keycap puller. No. I don't know. They they showed it as a switch puller. A switch a switch puller, okay. For like a hot swap keyboard or something. Yeah, they they like pointed it down at the keyboard. Which they pointed is, it down at the keyboard over but the a switches, switch that they had a keycap taken off it already. But the switches need to be removed to function properly, so they didn't understand how to use it. <laughs> so the the background context here is that wasn't the only thing that they stuffed up on this though were you aware of the other issue that happened um no i am not so tianyu labs they have a discord i'm in that discord as well this is their actual product called the nutcracker they called it the nutcracker it's a very big uh aluminium cnc'd switch opener that kind of resembles like uh, a herb grinder, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyway, 
they actually did a collab with somebody else that starts with D, uh, some other Chinese group, and Mastrop didn't even acknowledge that the design and product was Tian Labs' product. They straight up said it was that it was only the other group's product, and there was a bit of kerfuffle because obviously, you know, Tian Lab had been on Geek Hack and everybody else, and on the Discord and on 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 Reddit and stuff like that. So people knew that it was their product, but they didn't know about the partnership. So they were starting to get pitchforky about Mastrop for basically ripping off Tian Yu Lab's product because they thought Mastrop had stolen it and given it to another fabricator to produce these switchtop openers. And, uh, and I, Lewis, who's the person in Discord who actually did this design, was like, no, 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 because originally they were meant to have that information, but he doesn't know why Mastrop didn't include their name in it. And then, like, within probably four hours of the Mastrop going live, they changed it. But the second half, of course, is exactly what we're talking about with the meme, is they didn't... The people who were probably told to take a picture on this had no idea what to do with it. Like, they were probably given this device and gone, yeah, it's something to do with keyboards and switches. And the photographer probably was like, I don't know, I'm just here to take a photo. And they just went, well, I don't know, maybe it's to pull switches off or something because it's like a, a switch tool. And then yeah, let's just take some photos. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just. They, the I mean, they took the key. Sense. They took the keycaps off, right? They took. They took like a couple of keycaps off, and then they held. Maybe they were the like the thinking fifty-fifty. Like either you need to keep the keycaps on for it, or take them off. Well, look, they, they were probably weren't... told that it will open a switch top, and they were probably used to you know like those mechanical keyboard um, opening tools where you put it in the slots of the cherry keys and you bend them to lift tops off. So they probably thought it was like that. Um, but now we've got people who are doing videos saying, what are you talking about? Mass drops right. You can remove switches because somebody's actually got a video, like a 40-second clip of them using one of these nutcrackers, shoving it on top of a switch and actually extracting <laughs> their switch from the plate. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, the follow-on memes about, you know, using soldering irons to remove keycaps. Uh, I think they were calling it, what was it? The um, the, the keycap solvator or something like that. Oh. <laughs> and it's that meme with the girl who's holding the soldering iron by like the, the hot part. Oh, yeah. The, the lady holding it by that, the tip like a pencil. <laughs> with, <laughs> with protective glasses on. <laughs> but... It's just it's just another great example of Mastrop uh, really dropping the ball a little bit there. I know we really shouldn't be making fun of it, but you got it. Because otherwise, it, you, you're just going to be looking at Mastrop and shaking your head going, what is, what is going on with this business? But I'm glad that they did get it sorted. And, and I've seen people and, and pictures with the actual Nutcracker, which is what it's called, from Tianyu Lab. And uh, yeah, it's it's overkill. Right, it's straight up overkill. You've seen the picture of this thing, right? Yeah, it's like it's a big piece of metal. You can put this in a sock and mug somebody in a dark alley with it. That's how overkill it is. Yeah, it's it's like it looks like it's like an inch, an inch diameter, or maybe even more. It's huge. It's diameter. It's like it's like two inches, man. I don't really think you need to have, like, the closing end to protect the other side, right? Like, it seems crazy. <laughs> like, you can 3D print these, right? Well, I mean, DIY Keywords, one of our sponsors, that's that's what the Switchcracker is. It's basically a, a version of the same thing, but it's milled with a slightly different design, but similar function. But it's like an industrial-sized nut is what it is. Like, you, you would screw this on top of, like, a, you know... A one-inch bolt or something like that. But anyway, so so that was that was a bit of uh, fun poking at at Mastrop and and their team. But maybe they need to educate their staff a little bit more on uh, the stuff that they're selling. The interns, <laughs> the interns. 
the new the new marketing interns from from the read the books universities mass drops for dummies (laughs) (laughs) oh dear all right so where do we want to go from there oh sorry i just had to cough that's all right um uh one of the cool keyboards i saw this week that has a new group by um, I guess that just opened for group buy, but it's called the Reflex, and it is a keyboard. And what it's a sixty percent, and the thing that makes it different from the rest is that you mount the keyboard's plate on top of O rings. Um, the designer is definitely technically competent, though. Is that is like the it's a very technically interesting idea and the the renders are very nice all the measurements look great i mean this person has their stuff together i i kind of i, I kind of wish that they would make a um a prototype but i guess they're they were launching the group by before they made a prototype so um yeah i i mean it's i think it's interesting though what do you what do you think about it oh i guess i I did just find the prototype pictures so it looks like they do have a prototype yeah they've got a typing test so they've got to have a prototype now it's a very interesting design because it's a slotted cut back and i'm just wondering if they've done that just aesthetics or weight lightning or or sound because the slots go all the way through from the looks of it right um but that adds a lot of cost to the design just saying it's for it's for air venting (laughs) well i mean sure if you're going to have like 60 rgbs or something in the back of it for underglow that you're not going to see unless of course it's going to shine out through these slots but then they are facing flush on a keyboard surface. So, I don't know. Now, we were we were talking very briefly about this, but do you want to give our our listeners a, a quick rundown on exactly what O-mount, O-ring mounting is? Um, yeah, okay. So, I guess the way that I understand it is so so there I guess when your plate when your plate goes into your case, there's a lot of different ways which it can be done. Sometimes the plate is screwed in directly into the case, which is my favorite style. You can have integrated plates or you could have PCB mount style cases or or you could even have where the plate and the PCB connect into like little standoffs within the case, which which means that they're that's how they're secured to the to the rest of the case. However, there's also a style where between the plate and the case, you include O-rings or any sort of like gasket plastic material. And it's supposed to give you like a bouncier feel, I guess, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's theoretical. That's That's the idea behind it. Do you get like... I guess people would say it has more like give. Yeah. When you're when you're typing. So so my my take on that is, O-rings are a type of gasket by technicality. It's just that it's a gasket on a very small amount of surface, as opposed to a full gasket mount, which is covering the entire all contact edges. Uh, but. We were, we were having this discussion earlier about this, that why do we go to such extents of having rigid materials and adding a plate onto something that's sold to a PCB, so we're adding a lot of rigidity and stiffness to the system overall, to then mount it on something to add bounce? Like... Yeah. D- is that logical for us to be doing this? No, it's not. It's crazy. But <laughs> people... <laughs> 
people like to like mix things up right yeah now i suppose the other thing about o-rings and gaskets is who is using a torque wrench to put their screws and bolts on (laughs) yeah i mean you're gonna you you'll have to for this if you want it consistent right because you can over torque these so easily and basically flatten out or or compress your o-rings to the point where they won't give you any vibration or dampening properties so then what is the point of even using them and resilient mounts essentially what they're doing is what's called a resilient mount uh resilient mounts wear and degrade over time and use from heat and vibration because they convert mechanical energy that's from you know movement typing into heat energy by expanding and contracting so now i don't expect keyboards to be extreme compared to say heavy machinery where they sit on actual big blocks of rubber and and silicon and stuff like that but theoretically these o-rings will wear and they'll degrade and at some point in time you would have to you know take them out and change them it's no different to uh you know gaskets and things that suffer compression where you have to take them out and change them Uh, it's just because that's just what happens they lose their elasticity they get old they deform and so on and so forth things leak Um, it's like the manifold gasket the head gaskets on your car right major service they they take that out because i don't have a car don (laughs) you had a car yeah i did have a car (laughs) (laughs) but so so i'm just going to say that it's an interesting concept but the reality is how much can you actually feel uh is it worth the cost and of course you know is it just a bit of um pretentiousness but hey it's mechanical keyboards like what is it like <laughs> it's like lights what is it smoke smoke and mirrors our, our our entire hobby is very much a lot of pretentiousness all right so, okay the other the other comment about this and this is not based at any i guess not any like it's just a personal thing but the way that i really dislike how the plate is made how um like the 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 mounting material that is screwed down from the plate extends but it's like so minimal that those i feel like those pieces are like those little like extending nubs where the screws go into the case are like the most vulnerable part of the entire keyboard and they could bend very easily. So that's something that I've never been a fan of because it's like the thinnest part of the keyboard is the plate and then we go and make those extend. Like there's no reason why we couldn't triple the length of those and just remove a little extra material from the case. But I don't know. (laughs) Right, is is there any like scientific rationale for that dawn what do you mean um okay so look at the look at the plate design yeah how it's got the little tabs that come out right yeah is there any reason like in my opinion what would make sense to me is making those tabs have extra material on either side so that they're not so like the 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 so so it is actually very structurally weak by doing what they've done it there is. we go. That's what I was liking to hear. I'm, I know science. I scienced it. Yeah, I, 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 I just feel like it's the weakest part of the keyboard. I, I can't explain why, like, from an engineering point of view, but, like, it doesn't give me confidence. So, from an engineering point of view, they are at, they're, they're causing a lot of stress to occur at those protrusions because there's not a lot of supporting material to distribute the flex and stress. And noting the fact that they've rounded it off, that's fine for dissipating stress from corners, because corners are traditionally bad places for stress fractures to form, but it's also thinned out the actual load-bearing component. Because if if the plate flexes a lot, then where it's going to be is near the radius edge of that curve um this doesn't make any sense to people who aren't looking at this but if you go and have a look at the threads for the reflex then you'll you'll see what we're kind of talking about i don't know if they did any fea on this but from an engineering perspective 
that is a poor design if you intend if you intend to put a lot of weight and stress now it's a keyboard you know you're not going to be smashing this with a lot of weight in theory you shouldn't be putting a lot of stuff on top of it it shouldn't be under kilos and kilos and kilos of weight for extended period of time so i wouldn't expect it to fail but that said you never know yeah what can i say that's that's just how it is my voice is my voice working again it is now <laughs> oh, okay i i muted my i had to cough again um the, the other thing which makes me upset is that they're so because because they're like using a they're probably using like a big block of metal to cut this out or a sheet of metal they're probably not getting like full use of the material but they're having to cut out a lot that of it material anyway so they could add it in and it wouldn't even change the cost and you'd be getting more plate material for your cost i don't know if the plate i didn't actually look at what material they're making it out of but if it came with um like like brass or something then you'd want that extra material because you're gonna have you're paying for it anyways probably <laughs> yeah so it's a brass plate with optional aluminium and brass plate and that's gonna make those like those stress points even more weak because brass is pretty flexible uh, brass is actually quite hard as a material to cut but um it's more malleable it's actually less brittle so you get trade-offs i suppose that's probably why they were like it's okay because brass isn't likely to crack um as easily it'll just deform so i mean but could could you get like bending out of it as easy as aluminum you you it's actually harder ish to bend but because they're mounted all the way around realistically you're not going to get a lot of bending at all the the entire plate is going to have to bend in the middle and you get like a curvature happening before you're going to get failure but okay you know what i mean like if it was only attached on one edge and it was holding all of that stress on that that's when you'd get that failure but because it is being held all the way around it's probably not going to suffer any ill effects yeah yeah it's probably fine but that's my only like it's my a design only it's a design design irk, i suppose yeah i guess it's kind of like different than my lazy but <laughs> design philosophy my lazy <laughs> philosophy but my like I have a very specific style. I don't really like wasting material or wasting machine time. That's kind of my <laughs> like my design approaches. So I, I kind of go, go. I've kind of just built all my terrible designs off of that idea. But you know, it's not a bad philosophy to have to be low waste. So at least that's something good for the environment. <laughs> now, yeah, it's funny because we've actually reached towards the end of our episode. And, and yeah, time flies, I suppose, when you're talking keyboards. But um, I want to just have a quick PSA before we kind of tail into wrapping up for this week. There was a bit of something interesting that I found on retooled cherry switches that were binding with GMK switches. I didn't even realize this was a thing. But somebody did a bit of keyboard microscopy and a bit of keyboard science, and they actually identified that on the retooled cherry switches the housing has a slightly different design so on the top housing where the led cutout is the circular cutout they've thickened a part of the housing and as part of that retooling and the bit that protrudes now from that retooling actually scrapes against the stems on thicker keycap stems like the GMK ones. So people people were like, why are my keys like not responding and coming back up as easily or feeling scratchy um, or, or they're catching and sticking? Somebody actually went and had a look at it and they were like, there are scratch marks on my stem. What's causing the scratch marks? Had a look at the housings and was like, these housings are different. So just be aware of that. Um, if you do have retooled cherry tops and you are using GMK keycaps, 
the thicker stem may be catching against it. Now, of course, you can take a file and just give it a, a quick sort of, you know, file down. Um, maybe put some lube against your stem. I don't know. But it's just something to be aware of. Okay. It's funny because it's like, well, we got to get the cherry retool switches because they're smoother. Now we got to get the old cherry switches because they don't bind. And now we got to buy both of them and combine them to have the ideal mediocre cherry switches like <laughs> and then of course I, you got to use the cherry molds to make the gmk cherry profile keycaps that are you binding. can't you you can't you can't use you can't use cherry springs you have to use minus 20%. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these are just crazy i, I don't know I, i'm I'm tr I hate switch science, but it's just, I love like when this stuff happens. It's so entertaining. Oh dear. Oh dear. Now we're, we're pretty much wrapped up on time. Uh, we don't have any giveaways happening for 2019 yet. Um, we haven't really had any discussions with our sponsors fully on what we're doing for 2019. So I want to kind of apologize for that. But, you know, it's been the new year. I, I didn't want to go bugging people about things like that. And we're pretty casual. We're more than happy to support and shout out people anyway, regardless of, you know, what's happening in the background and deals and stuff like that. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to have some conversations soon and find out if we're going to be able to continue to do some cool, fantastic, interesting, different giveaways or prizes and stuff like that coming up ahead as well. Um, so what's happening for you this week coming up, Kevin, as we finish for this week? Um, so I, I, today I actually I finished soldering the the level V3. So I'm going to take some pictures of that probably and post them as the first release. And I have the entire function. So I put XDA round one from KBD fans on it, but that's only a 65%. <laughs> So, so the top row, I have no keys for it. So I use my embezzled boba keys from Bus Gamer to fill up the entire function row. Because he, he sent me like 50 and he's like, keep whatever ones you want and give away the rest. And so I have like 20 still. You're not, and you're not so, supposed to say that on air. No, it was it, I. I had given him something for the keys. I'd given him like a three hundred dollar artisan, and I was like, I need boba keys. And then he he made it rain boba keys. But uh, yeah, so the entire function row is boba keys. So it's really it's really interesting looking. But I'm gonna post pictures of that, and probably not post pictures of the V4 until I make it function okay cool so that's 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 in my to-do list awesome well and I'll, then once yeah. once i get once i get the 75 percent pcb i'm planning on building that pcb mount um acrylic case from ymdk on aliexpress okay cool well i'm i'm gonna be hanging out for the uh the down bubble and I've already started working on the QMK and I, I am, uh, I actually shared the layout in preparation for haranguing the people on the QMK discord and the responses I got was quite entertaining. <laughs> they called it the nightmare fuel layout. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that'll probably take a bit of my time and then we get to move forward into case design. So that'll be, that'll be a fun and games i think between kevin and myself put me in coach i'm ready <laughs> and outrage pudding has actually been really generous and offered to uh, assist in any graphic design as well for the down bubble should we get to that point so maybe if we do something get a prototype or even some renders we might throw up an interest check and uh, see what comes out of the woodworks so that'll be that'll be cool Oh, man, it is absolutely stinking hot. I kid you not, I'm sitting here and I have sweat beads forming like all down my arms. It's crazy. Isn't it? Isn't it like 9 p.m.? It's 10. It's past 10 p.m. here at the moment. But it was That's 30. Crazy. It was it's 10.25 p.m. But 
it's 31 degrees and like over 35 percent humidity here because of the storm so um yeah <laughs> i could be in i could That's... be like near the equator right now and i wouldn't be out wait i have i have one last thing that we need to comment on yeah is it me or does it seem like every single xda set looks the same as every other xda set <laughs> well you know it is the same profile but i do know what you mean the, the fonts that people use on them are very very um very similar <laughs> they're they're all just like center placed legends that on a gray and beigey and beige keycap yeah. <laughs> they all look they're just they're all so similar and they somebody needs to do some miami for them <laughs> well maybe you should talk to zed frontier or kbd fans and go hey you guys need to do some uh, something out there with xda Ooh, also another thing before we leave um i really like the southpaw keyboards i really want one okay yeah with the numpad on the left right yeah those are cool i really like them well if you but use... he said he's yeah he said he's not gonna make any more pcbs i asked him like a year ago or two years ago i'm like can you do a round two <laughs> he's like nah nah well you can kind of reproduce it yourself if you really really want to or you can just get an umbrella numpad and just stick it on the left hand side of your keyboard yeah <laughs> i like i like having it one piece one one piece though Ah, oh, well, you know, you can just epoxy it on or something. <laughs> Ghetto keyboard. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I didn't think about that. Now that's an option. Oh, that should be that should be one of our next competitions. What is the most ghetto mechanical keyboard out there? That that brings Ooh. some really good ones out, I reckon. <laughs> I just found a Zelio under my desk. Oh dear. Alright, well that's uh it, I think. I think we're done for this week. I'm I'm gonna have to go and get some water and have a, a shower and feel human again, um, and not because of keyboards. Oh dear, oh dear. All right, well, Kev, anything else that you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, that's it. Remember to upload the level post. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's not it. That's against the Reddit rules. All right. Well, make sure you head over and check out the QMK donation link as well. Please give them their support. Really love and appreciate all the work that the contributors do there for our communities. That's it. Well, thanks for listening to the first episode for 2019 of The Board Podcast. Don't forget, we have a YouTube channel, a Instagram, and we've got a Slack where you can just email us at theboardpodcast at gmail.com for an invite and you can find us on facebook and reddit as well well there you have it as usual until next time happy clacking